everyone, welcome back to C Red UK, where quite simply it's Chicago Bulls thing. I'm Matt, and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? Well, my head's still spinning. I don't know if I've quite caught up with myself today, but uh, I'm here and I'm ready to talk, so let's go for it. Yeah, um, obviously we're going a little bit later than we planned to, but we'll get going. Um, yeah. And obviously, I think the first thing I'm going to mention, which wasn't planned, is as it's just come out just before we come on, Bulls have waved Goran Dragic. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard, like I said, I haven't had a chance to catch up with myself. So that's news yeah. to me. Yeah, that's why I didn't mention anything before, because I thought I might catch you out. I knew you hadn't seen the, the messages in the chat. So. No, no, no. Um, I literally haven't had a chance to touch my phone. Um, I'm just back from um, the hospital. My dad has been ill, so I was just coming back from the hospital, and my daughter, who came with me, had my phone for the whole car journey. So I haven't seen anything. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was about wow. maybe okay. half an hour, 40 minutes ago, I think they announced it. Um, okay, who, re- who released that? Was it Shams or was it Woj? Uh, Bulls, straight oh. away. Wow, and okay. And then, then they actually uh, obviously started tweeting it. Obviously, Casey Johnson's sent a few tweets out about it. Um, Goran's actually thanked Bulls as well. So, yeah, obviously now Bulls Nation's in overdrive on who... Who's coming in? Um, Raptors okay. have just released or waved um, Hernan Gomez. Obviously, okay. we were linked to his brother before it, but obviously he's got a clear waivers and he won't be in in time for the first of March, would he? So, right. Uh, if we were to get to the playoffs, he wouldn't be eligible for the playoffs. So, kind of a pointless signing, then, really. That's obviously if that's where it was going. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. To do it this late in the in the sort of you know obviously few hours before that first of March cut off, they're either not planning on signing anybody that's going to be useful, or they've already got somebody in line. That's where my head's at. Yeah, they must they must have some sort of. I'm wondering if there's some sort of an agreement with uh, Charlotte because Lamelo's just been announced yeah. as having broken his ankle. I wonder if they've you know made some sort of a. An under the table agreement there. Yeah, I mean, Gav's just mentioned that in our chat as well, so it's obviously could be something in it. But then it did come out. I think it was Casey Johnson that said it. It's kind of like a mutual decision um, okay. down to the Pat Bev signing. Yeah, well, I mean, he wasn't seen many minutes more recently anyway, uh, with Pat Bev coming on and. Starting out on the blocks quite well, I'd say it was probably looking very, very limited for Goran's minutes. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's not on this two-game road trip either, is he? Or no, he wasn't planning to be. Uh, same as Javante. So. Yeah, yeah, Javante was left behind too. Yeah, um, obviously keep an eye on it as much as we can. Absolutely. So yeah, um, obviously that kind of threw everything a little bit <laughs> yeah uh, yeah you caught me on the hop with that alright <laughs> <laughs> well uh, crack on with the rest of the episode and uh, obviously last recording was last week with Samadhi um, and we've had two games since then coming out of the All-Star break um, Nets and Wizards I think I had it down to be a split losing yep. to Nets beating Wizards Okay, did you have the same? No, you and Samadhi both went for a split, and I went for win both. All right, so you got it right then. <laughs> well, I didn't want to brag or anything, but now that you mentioned it, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so obviously, next game was first up, and wow, <laughs> um, I don't think anybody was expecting that. No, apart from maybe Pat Bev. <laughs> Obviously, Bulls <laughs> ran out winners, hundred and thirty-one to eighty-seven. Yeah, so that's what's that? Forty-four points. I mean, at one point we was up fifty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it fifty? I thought it was even fifty-two at one stage, wasn't it? Maybe it was just fifty. Either yeah. way, it was phenomenal. It was huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, when they went up 20, we weren't confident. When they went up 30, we weren't confident. <laughs> um, <laughs> PTSD uh, kicking in there, I think. Yeah, but, you know, we dominated the game from start to finish. I think they won the fourth quarter, but by that point, 
obviously it was garbage time. Yeah. All our starters had sat, which was good to see. Um, yes. And, yeah, I mean, we're not going to go too deep into it because there's a lot of talking points come from that and the Wizards game. But uh, our player of the game for that one actually went to Zach Levine, who got 32 points, six rebounds and only two assists. So he must have listened to Pat Bev. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Pat Bev told him, don't pass it, just shoot. And look at the stat line. I mean, there it is. Yeah, he was 12 of 17 from the field and 4 of 6 from 3 as well. Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah. Was, yeah, he was shooting. Was it? Did I read somewhere 70% or something he was shooting that game? Yeah, something ridiculous like that, I think. Yeah, it? Um, really high. Yeah, so, you know, and that's the sort of game we wanted to see from Zach in particular, I think. Especially all the crap that was going on before the All Star break. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got nothing else on that game. I don't know if you wanted to mention anything. No, I, it, the only thing I'd say is it was uh, good to see Pat Bev actually getting the start straight away uh, so that we all got to hear the from Chicago from Tim. <laughs> yeah. Um, Obviously, uh, in, just quickly on that one, obviously Drummond come off the bench for just less than 15 minutes and put up 13 points and 10 rebounds. And it was he broke another record, didn't he? Or equaled yeah. another record of yeah. doing that in so many games, um, which, you know, seems to be doing quite a lot this year, doesn't he? He does. I mean, Drummond has still looked like a good signing for us, I think. I mean, I know he went through that bit of a spat there where uh, Billy just forgot he was there or purposefully, <laughs> intentionally sat him on the bench for running over his dog. But um, it's good to see him getting minutes again, and he really is making the most of those minutes. I mean, he seems happy in Chicago. I don't know if yeah. I'm misreading that, but that's how it looks and, and that's how it sounds when you hear him talking and stuff. I mean, he does seem happy to be here. So Maybe not now Dragic is gone. We've lost Drummich, haven't we? So. Drummich? Drummich is dead. R.A.P. Drummich. We're going to have to come up with a new one. We are. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, then on to Sunday night against Wizards and it was a decent tip for us. Half eight tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once again, Bulls run out winners, 102-82. Right. And it didn't look like it was going to be that sort of a game, did it? It really did. First half, um, we really looked like kind of the team that we've been used to seeing, just about hanging in or just about keeping our nose in front. Uh, back and forth, back and forth with a scoreline, couldn't hit threes. And it was looking like, okay, the first game was a fluke. Yeah, and it, I mean, obviously against Wizards, they were 2-1 up in the series, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just looked like it was going to be one of them games again where it was going to go down to a last five-second inbound that we probably messed up and, <laughs> you know, or a Demar buzzer beater or whatever because that just seems to be how it goes against Wizards. But then... Yeah. In the third, was it sort of back end of the third, we started picking it up, didn't we? And Definitely. Obviously, in the fourth, um, was where we sort of really turned it on. And uh, we won the fourth 28-15. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's obviously where, it, where the damage was done. Um, for me, the interesting thing in it was, I think we saw why people didn't want Pat Bev, you know, just definitely to be a starter anyway, because he didn't look the same player from the night before on the court. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, we'll get into it in a little bit after this. He was actually, you know, one of the standout players again. It's a bit of a weird, a weird one, wasn't it, for him? Well, at one yeah. point, he looked like he was trying to bury his legs in the sand, only using ice instead of sand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd say he's obviously <laughs> suffers a bit with his knees because he was under a ton of ice. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, apart from that, the interesting thing for me was obviously Zach started off hot, cooled mm-hmm. off a little bit. Demar came in and went off, mm-hmm. and then Zach kind of finished it, and he, he hit that sort of big dagger three, didn't he? Oh, that step um, back three was a thing. Yeah, and that was kind of him going, "Yep, that's me done. That's a game <laughs> one." Um, you know, and they, they obviously got a little bit longer than they did against Nets but they're still sat the last few minutes, which is what we've been wanting to see from this Bulls team, isn't it, for a, a long time, is rest the starters at the well, end. Absolutely. But we're not in a position to do it. No, that's that's been the problem. Like, every game has been a slog, whether it's been a win or a loss. Um, do you know, it, it's been a constant battle from start to finish, or at least the second half has been a massive battle after starting quite well. So yeah. to see us being able to take two games in a row where the game was put to bed in in a fashion that we could actually sit and rest our starters or our veteran players is what we want to see. That's what we need to be seeing, yeah. particularly in this final push for the for the playoffs, because let's face it, that's what we're doing. We're making a final push for the play in or playoff. Yeah. And I mean to, as we mentioned a couple of times, the good thing was not only were they resting, they were smiling. Yes. And that is something we've not seen with this Bulls team for a long time. I, is... I'd nearly go back as far as last season. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the odd time where they've smiled and you're thinking, well, you're 20 points down, what are you smiling at? Or you've just blown a 20-point lead, what are you smiling at? Um, but they actually look like they're enjoying each other's company. They look like they've actually enjoyed playing basketball. Um and yeah, it's well, it's good to see. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, DeRozan had one of his sort of ninja games, didn't he? He finished yeah. as our top point scorer with 29. Um, but the player of the game actually went to <laughs> Kobe White. Yes. Um, obviously, there was a few more people involved with the, the vote as well. So, uh, with it being a decent tip for us. So, obviously, everybody was seeing it. I think he just took it from... Caruso so um, yeah obviously Kobe went coming off the bench for 17 points 4 rebounds 3 assists 1 steal uh, he was 6 of 8 from the field which was 75% and 3 of 5 from 3 which was 60% mm-hmm. that's the sort of game you want to see from him innit absolutely 100% I mean yeah, Fro- Froby is here to stay now, I think, by the looks of things. But it, the, the difference is, is like we've talked about this before, um, last season and even the start of this season to a certain degree, Kobe, if he isn't scoring, he's out of the game. He gets his head into a bad headspace and he's done. He's just a body out there and that's it. But that's changed as this season has progressed and from early on in the season, and it's just got better and better and stronger and stronger, is Kobe now has a more all-round game. I mean, he's, he's become a two-way player. He plays defense. He can be a streaky shooter. But more importantly now, he's really worked on tightening up his handles. Yeah. So he's able to get around the court more, distribute the ball better, and have much more of an effect on the offense, as well as the fact that he's now worked on his defense too. Kobe has really stepped up really stepped yeah. up. I mean, he's, his IQ seems to have improved as well. Well, see, it helps now that I, that I find he's not looking at what he's doing as much. You yeah. know, it's, it's like the game has slowed down for him, which tends to happen in, in year three or four for players anyway. So the game has slowed down for him, but his handles are so much tighter. He's got much more confidence in himself handling the ball, I think. Yeah. So now he's able to use his spatial awareness and his peripheral vision that little bit more it's opening up the game for him. So now he's able to make those little pocket passes or those little uh, drop dishes that he wasn't able to really do before. Yeah. And, I mean, he's hustling as well, isn't he? He is. Diving on the floor and he's he's putting his body on the line a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, anyone who listens to this regularly knows how, um, how high I've been on him all year. So... Yeah, that was uh, that was a strong yeah, game. I'd love to see from him. I have to give you that one. 
I have to give you that one. You've, <laughs> you've definitely, you, you, you wouldn't let me drop Kobe. You wouldn't let me uh, give in on him completely. <laughs> uh, in fairness, you've been putting him up there and putting him up there and you were 100% correct. He's definitely turned his game around. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, as you said, they, they did rest the starters a little bit in this one, but the players who come in, um, obviously DJJ and Dalen only got a minute 45, so it wasn't exactly a long rest yeah. anyway. But, and half of that was just dribbling the ball out. Yeah. But what <laughs> I'm, you know, like you've said all along with Dalen, just give him a minute. <laughs> That's yeah. all he needs. And like I say, he got a minute 45 and in that he got a rebound and an assist. Yeah. And I think he was just a pest on defence as well. Um, and again, it's something else what we'll talk about in the next uh, next section of it. So yeah, I don't know if you've got anything else on the two games. No, nothing else to add. Just uh, very happy to be enjoying Bulls basketball again over the last couple of games. Yeah, and before we move on to the next section, I'll uh, I'll just send it quickly to our stump advert, and then uh, we'll get into it when we get back. The Call with Tim Sinclair is brought to you by Stump, the new app for iOS and Android that allows anyone to create an instant social podcast. Whether by yourself or with friends, Stump lets you connect, record, and instantly share your conversations with the world. Talk about anything with anyone and share it with everyone. It's the social network solely for audio. Download the free app from the App Store or Google Play or learn more at GetStump.com. Stump, your voice has a place. Uh, Welcome back. Um, Obviously, we've just gone over the two games before the, the advert. And we're going to get into the bulk of the episode now. And the episode is actually called um, The Pat Bev Effect Hits Chicago. And it kind of covers everything that we're going to talk about in this next little bit. Obviously, the first thing we're going to speak about is the Pat Bev Effect. Mm-hmm. And I believe the Pat Bev Effect has actually had an effect on you from what yeah. you said before. Yeah, yeah, um, no, it has. I don't want it word for word because you probably can't remember it word for word. But do you just want to say what you said? I can't remember what I said. <laughs> uh, I can't. Do you, do you have it written there? Um, no, I'll see if I can uh, find it in my messages. Oh, you've put me on the spot now. <laughs> yeah, oh, I should have uh, <laughs> said I was going to say it to you. But yeah, um just while I try and find it, I'll... Uh... Yeah, because I do tend to say a lot and send a lot of messages throughout the course yeah. of the day. I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, basically, it come about because obviously we were trying to name, uh, think of a name for the episode and we'd just been listening to the uh, Pat Bev podcast, um, yes. which was the first one he's done since, obviously, been in Chicago. Yeah, he done one um, when he was named uh, as a Chicago Bull, but it's the first one he's done since he's actually worn the jersey. Yeah. Um, I can't find your message. <laughs> um, and it, it was a good listen, wasn't it? Um, it was. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And, it. and it's what's kind of changed your opinion slightly, shall we say, on him. Yeah, yeah. See, I suppose... My my opinion of him was based on what I'd seen as an opposing player, right? Yeah. As I'm sure a lot of people are the same. And I have to say now that I've listened to a couple of his podcasts um, and I've listened to him in presses and stuff since, and he posts a lot on social media, so I've read an awful lot of that. And what's really impressed me is that this this guy – wanted to leave LA, right? I don't know if anybody that hasn't listened to the podcast is aware of that, but he wasn't booted out of LA per se. It was kind of a mutual decision. He asked to leave and they allowed him to leave. But then he was in Paris, you know, his his wife lives overseas and he he was in Paris and kind of finding himself watching the NBA, wondering why he wasn't playing and kind of going, well, hang on a minute now. (laughs) I wanted out of LA, but now I'm not playing at all. And it's just ironic that 
what brought him back to the NBA was his own home. And he ended up coming back to play for Chicago, which is where obviously his NBA career started, where his his life and his his love started for um for the for basketball. And he's so happy to be in Chicago. And like, I mean, if that guy played hard before, he's even said it himself. Imagine what he's gonna do here in Chicago. And he's showing that already. Yeah. He is so grateful, A, to be back in the NBA, but B, to be back playing for his home town. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Pat Bev's going to want to leave uh, in, <laughs> in the offseason next year. If the opportunity is there for him to be re-signed, he's going to take it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, just going back to that, that episode, um, I did share it on our Twitter mm. today. Um, there's a few sort of points that he, he I heard him sort of saying. Um, to start with, he, he was mentioning how he enjoyed playing with Caruso because Caruso made his job easy, mm-hmm. um, which obviously we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, Billy Donovan is uh, Billy Donovan is the shit. Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's something that he did mention before well, when he first announced on it that he was looking forward to working with Billy. Yeah. Because he, he likes what Billy does. He, like, obviously, Billy's got the shit. Yeah. Um, we've got 10 starters. That was another little thing he said because pretty much anyone on that team could be in the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. I think, didn't he initially say nine and then he said, and DJJ, so 10. <laughs> yeah. Um... And then apparently his way of giving advice to P. Will is to tell him what Kawhi would have done. Right. <laughs> um, and he said he basically, he said something to him, I think it had come from practice or something like that, and then he went out and did it the next night in on, on game night. And he said, yeah. you know, and again, it's obviously we'll, we'll get into it a bit deeper in a minute, but because that's the sort of leadership he's bringing in it. It's just, yeah, it is, um, um, and and it's not what I expected. I expected him to go Tristan Thompson and just start roaring at people when they weren't doing what he wanted them to do. Yeah, but it doesn't seem to be his tack. It doesn't seem to be the way he does it. And I mean, obviously, what he's doing in a very, very, very small sample size, to be fair, but what he's doing seems to be paying off. Yeah. Um, he's a big fan of Kobe and he told him that yep loves his game loves his passing and all that sort of stuff mentioned the Rico Hines workout with Dylan um, and yeah. the only thing I kind of picked up from that was he said it was a good battle yeah didn't really mention a lot about him but he said it's kind of ironic that the teammates now yeah I actually reading between the lines on that what I took from that was he genuinely doesn't remember it but yeah. it's been on the socials so he's like well okay obviously it did happen can't really remember too much about it but I better mention it so that's kind yeah. of the impression I got anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah um on Demar he said he's cold he can fucking hoop you don't miss that mid-range <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, he says obviously Tamar's a, a great leader and stuff like that as well. Uh, on Zach, is it, the thing that kind of stood out to me the most was basically what uh, obviously Zach said last week. He's been trying to get Pat Bev here for a couple of years, mm. and basically Pat Bev backed him up on it. Yeah, which, which um, just goes to show how much I know because. My big fear was how Zach was going to take Pat Bev coming in and how Zach was going to handle him kind of critiquing him. Well, I mean, obviously, we've just spoken about that. Pat Bev doesn't actually do things that way anyway. But Zach was hoping to recruit him and try and get him on the team. So, I mean, yeah, shut up, Neil. And he did say <laughs> as well that in the games he's played against him when he was at Clippers and stuff like that, um, he always went up to Zach and said, "You, you know, you're holding it down for Chicago. You're holding yeah. it down for my city." Yeah, and he respects that. So, there seems to be that level of respect between them two already. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, and yeah, that's all I had wrote down from that. But they, that 
that again just goes to show what I was saying there a few minutes ago is how much Pat Bev loves Chicago and is so happy to be there. Yeah. So I mean, obviously we'll talk about the the Pat Bev effect on the court because kind of uh, seen a little bit there what it's like off the court. Mm-hmm. Um, there was obviously a few moments in the two games where you kind of see him going up to the the younger players and he was always talking Um, and that's maybe what we needed but he's talking in the right way as well you know he's he's offering the right level of encouragement Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens when (coughs) uh, the shit's hit hit the fan sort of thing Um, when Zach goes hero ball when Demar goes ISO and it's not working. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see where Pat Bev's head goes. Um because I mean I mean like these two games coming out you, you want to say it's down to Pat Bev or a lot of it's down to the Pat Bev effect. But you know, obviously a few a lot of the players had took time away from Chicago probably during the All Star break rested up a little bit, mm-hmm. coming feeling fresh, and that was evident against Nets, against yes. Wizards, as we've just said, wasn't quite as as evident really. Um, but I think it's clear to see that he has had an effect on this team, yeah, um, mainly in the starting lineup. Also, like I said before, when you look at that Wizards game and he, he put up zero points, do you know what I mean? Um, that's where people's fear of, is he really a starting point guard coming? Mm-hmm. But his defence has been solid, obviously, alongside um, Caruso. Um, and we've had a, a point guard out there. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, that's what we've been missing. Because I, I said it in the uh, on the live thread. I think it was in the next game. Look at Pat Bev shouting and telling everybody where to be. Right, exactly. He's a floor general. Yeah, and that that doesn't show up on the box score. No, it does not. Not for Pat Bev, but it does for Zach or Demar or Vooch or right. whoever else. Do you know what I mean? Because he's told them where to be, and the ball's going to go there. Um, you know, and then when he's off the court, and well, he doesn't sit on the bench, does he? He sits on them blue pads with his ice everywhere. <laughs> you know, he's still still talking, and he's still telling people where to be. And mm-hmm. you saw it a couple of times he was talking to the refs as well, which kind of takes that away from Zach and Demar. It I mean, does. They'll, they'll, they'll still have the little kissy fits about it all, but. Um, and in in that Wizards game, like I say, he put up zero points. But the one thing that really stood out to me in it was, I think it was at the start of the fourth, just before he checked out for the last time. He he missed a layup, but he got the rebound, and mm-hmm. then there was another shot, and he got the rebound. He got two offensive boards in the space of thirty seconds, twenty seconds, whatever it was. And that's something that we don't usually see. No. I mean, he finished with five rebounds in the game, uh, one assist and one block. Um, and we knew about the block as well because there's a, been a gift made about it. Yeah. <laughs> a little, his facial expression after it. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people will look at it and go, he's not doing anything. You know, like scoring-wise or whatever but you've got to look at what he is actually doing as daft as it sounds the the intangibles in it the that's it the leadership exactly. the the encouragement of someone like P Will you know you can see I can't remember what it was what P Will did but he did something and Pat Bev was straight up to him basically saying you did well do it again mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and has anybody ever actually said that to P Will or have they just gone why didn't you shoot it yeah, and true. You know what I mean? So 
that's something that he's bringing. And I think he's actually helped Caruso out a little bit as well because they're very similar, very similar high IQ, mm-hmm. very similar pesky defence. And and the way they're rotating as well on defence is, is sublime. I mean, uh, Pat Bev actually talked about that also in his podcast. He was saying it's like the two of them are on a string. Yeah. And he's like, and that's only after two games, man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the way they're moving and rotating and switching, it's just, uh, that is, that's great stuff. And, and that's stuff that doesn't normally click that quickly. Yeah. I mean, there's one thing that stood out to me in that Wizards game, and I mentioned it at the time when I said, you know, Pat Bev will be fuming with that. He basically, you know, been solid defensively again. I can't remember who always had the ball. Um, but he just stuck on the chest the whole time they had the ball. Just wouldn't give him an inch. Mm. And for some reason, everybody else come to the same side of the court and they left somebody open on the three. Um, like across the other side. And the ball ended up going there and yeah. there was nobody there. Caruso yeah. was the closest one with the, the sort of uh, charge down sort of thing. But obviously he hit the three. And you just yeah. think, he has defended like mad there to stop them getting a shot off. Why is everybody else just standing around? Right. You know, so, yeah, the two wins are impressive, but, and, you know, the Pat Bev effect only goes so far. You know, and it's a small sample size. That's that's the main thing, it? you know. We'll, I guess we'll discuss it again next week when we've had another four games by that point. So, yeah. Um, because it might be a completely different Pat Bev effect by that point. <laughs> but you know what, right? It's off to a good start. And by the time we're recording again next week, we will have a much bigger sample size to talk about. So we'll have a better idea of the Pat Bev effect and which way the needle swings with it. Yeah. I mean, even if we record again on Thursday, there's going to be another two games in between. Right. Now and so, you know, a bit more of a sample size. So, um. Yeah, I mean, still on the Pat Bev effect. Obviously, when we didn't know what was going on, we'd kind of mentioned that we wanted to basically give the keys to the younger players, let them them take control. Yeah. And then obviously we brought Pat Bev in and nobody knew how it was going to work. And essentially what's happened is the young players have been given the keys to the bench. Yes. And... I think it's worked. Certainly worked against Nets, um, Wizards, not so much. Maybe um, you know, Will had a great game against Nets, didn't he? Yes, he, he did. You know, he was aggressive. He was. Well, he destroyed Royce O'Neal, didn't he? Going up, mm-hmm. he just knocked him out of the air, and um, but then against Wizards, he was a little bit more the passive P that we've come to expect. Yeah. Um, obviously, Kobe. We obviously like I say we got the player of the game in the last one. Um, but I think the player who's benefited the most is actually Ayo. Um, he, I mean, against Wizards, all right, he, twenty-one minutes, no points, no rebounds, one assist, two steals. Um, that's not great, but. I think with him dropping to the bench, it's took a lot of pressure off him. Definitely. Um, you know, Definitely. and he can, I think going up against like this, their second point guard makes things easier for him as well, especially Ooh. defensively. Yeah. But you just want to see him sort his offense out a little bit now, don't you? Especially his shot. I mean, he was... His, his shot, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he, no, he no. drives well. And, and, okay, he doesn't always finish great. But, I mean, he drives well. He gets to the hoop well. But, I mean, his shot has definitely fallen off a cliff. Yeah. It's just... I mean, you actually saw him in his own head against Wizards as well. Because he just took a three. It obviously clanged back out. And the ball, I think, next play down, 
ended up same position, and he looked like he was going to shoot it, and then he didn't. And you just yeah. think, you know, you you've got in your own head there. You're not confident in your own shot. So, yeah, it's. I was becoming that frustrating guy in now. I think <laughs> because he's taking the baton. Yeah, you know there was so much expectation on him, and people wanted him to be the starting point guard when we knew that Lonzo wasn't going to be there. But it's he's not the starting point guard, is he? That's. But it's like you say, he doesn't need to be now. No, so he can concentrate on his game a little bit more now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, he'll and he's develop. only what a year two. I mean, next season it'll be year three. That's when most players take a jump. Yeah, and uh, I think that he's probably had a lot more experience in these first two years than he thought he was ever going to get as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, and we've seen what he can do against some of the best guards in the league. You know, as much as I hate him, Trey Young. Yeah, you know, he locks him up. He seems to do all right against Celtics as well for some reason, doesn't he? Um, so there is something there with him, and I think we'll see we'll see that more now. He's not, you know. I mean, obviously, the, when they've been checking in, they've all been checking in together, aren't they? P. Will I or Kobe? Yeah. And then they usually got Drummond out there with them, and either Zach or Demar. Yeah. So he's giving them chance to develop without being like fourth and fifth in line to handle the ball in it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and obviously following on from that, the changes, we've seen Caruso playing the four or starting at the four anyway. Right. And I have to say, when I first saw that uh, against the Nets, when it was listed that that's the way it was going to go, I felt a shudder down my back. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. What yeah. is with Billy and his small ball lineups? But you know what? Look at how it worked. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, who, who am I to tell Billy how to do his job? Well, we've said before, haven't we, that we don't like Caruso being in that starting lineup. No. But it's like you said, it's working for whatever mm. reason. And I, I don't know if it's because we're not expecting them to be massive on offence you know like him and Pat Bev you, they're out there for the the defence more than anything aren't they yeah so you know they can handle the ball they've, they've got the IQ there to do it and get players where they need to be i.e. Zach and Demar because um, in all of this nothing's really been said about Vooch has it he's just been there these he's two just teams. been plodding along getting his double double yeah yeah, and you know he's not stood out, and he's not, um, not been outdone by anybody either, has he? Do you know what I mean? It might be a little bit different against Raptors tonight, like, but, um, yeah, I think it it's basically just allowing Zach and Demar to play their game, which is what this team needs. Yeah. Well, do you know it's it's created a bit more balance in the starting five as well, I suppose, because. Do you know, we all know that Zach and Damar aren't, you know, particularly strong on defence and, and, and Vooch isn't for the size of him and for a centre. I mean, he's not a fantastic uh, shot blocker or anything like that. He's great at getting the defensive boards, but he's not a shot blocker. He's not a rim protector. Yeah. So to add Pat Bev and AC into that starting lineup, who are both renowned for being absolute pests on defence, on ball defenders, and they're working in tandem. It's kind of like Lonzo was when he was on the court. Yeah. So you've got that now. You've got you've got that breakdown for, for the opposition where they have to first of all get, get past that brick wall, which is AC and Pat Bev. Yeah. So by the time they get there, then the pressure's off Zach, Damar and Vooch that little bit. Yeah. So it's it's working that little bit better. Plus then at the other end, 
you've only got Vooch in the middle and Zach and Demar in the mid in the mid range or from three to hit the shots. And Pat Bev and AC aren't bothered about shooting. Yeah. So but it's, then, it's, but they honestly, can if they need to. Yeah, as we saw with AC against Wizards to only hit them two threes. Um Right. You know, and that that's a just typical Caruso. It doesn't matter where you play him on the court, that's what he's gonna do, isn't it? Yeah. He's gonna give you the D and he's gonna uh, innuendo for anyone who's notices. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's gonna be solid on the defensive end. <laughs> yeah. And he Keep can't digging. hit him. <laughs> he can't hit him when needed from time yeah. to time. Unfortunately, yeah. not a lot of the time. But no. um Yeah, and I mean obviously since since January, early January, we've had the best defensive rating in the league. Number one, baby. What the hell is that about? And obviously these two games we've kept them both below ninety. Yeah. And that's the first time we've done that since two thousand and seventeen. <clears throat> um and You've got to say that, as we said before, the Pat Bev and AC in the starting lineup is certainly helping that. You know, a lot of people were saying uh, you only kept them that low because they were having poor shooting nights and etc. You know, both Nets and Wizards, right? But you've kind of got to force them into it as well. Well, you know, that's exa- exactly it. And I think that's a lot of what was happening to us is we were being forced into taking bad shots or winding yeah. down the clock too far and then taking panic shots. And that's now what we're kind of doing to the opposition. Now, okay, they're not hitting the shots, so it looks bad on them. It looks like they're, they're just shooting poorly. But a lot of the time, that's because the clock is winding down by the time they're taking the shots. Yeah. And that that's because the on-ball defense has been so strong. Yeah, exactly. You know, it changes the way... You run a certain play, don't it? It's like, like yeah. that play, for example, what I mentioned, where Pat Bev was just in his whoever's it was, it was in his jersey, pretty much the whole the whole play. Mm-hmm. If somebody was on that three point shooter, like I, said, I can't remember who it was, then that don't go down either. Mm-hmm. And that's just purely because Pat Bev stayed in his jersey, which is something we weren't seeing. I mean, you know, Io is good at defense. You know, it, it's just a different level of intensity at the minute with Pat Bev, I think, isn't it? It's just... It is. It, I, I just hope this is how he continues to play. And I, I kind of think it is going to be. Yeah. Well, he said in his pod as well, didn't he? He, he plays to win. He, he doesn't yeah. He doesn't like losing. So, you no. know, obviously it's going to come a point where we do lose and you, people are probably going to turn around and point the finger at Pat Bev. Because I think he's going to become an easy scapegoat when yeah. people look at the box score. But yeah, I'm sure he'll uh, he'll have something to say about that if he does. That. Yeah, I'm sure he will. <laughs> but he he doesn't he doesn't seem to play for personal accolade at all, though. He just like you say, he just wants the dub. Yeah, at all costs. Yeah. So. <clears throat> uh, uh, I mean, I don't. I've got nothing else on on him. If I don't know if you have, no, I don't. So obviously, after the Nets and before the Wizards game, we ran a poll on Twitter, as we've started to do and we, we like to do. Um, and you actually come up with it last week, and I just forgot to put it out. To be fair, <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Basically, it was amazing performance out of the All-Star break against Nets. Um, we've got Wizards tonight, which is a game for 10th spot, <laughs> which isn't fantastic. Um, basically, where's your head at with this team? And the options were uh, push for the playoff, uh, play-in slash playoffs, tank for that top four pick, um, don't care, I'm done, and then settle for medi- mediocrity which is kind of where Bulls like to be. Um, mm-hmm. 199 votes, uh, working the way up. 2% settle for mediocre. 
6% don't care I'm done 12% tank for the top 4 pick and the outright winner with 80% was push for the play in playoffs um, couple of comments uh, Danny who is the guy from Holland who hops on and supports us quite a lot um, you always need to push I still believe um, I will come back to that one uh, our guy Gary I resign myself to mediocrity this is what we have pushed for for years it's what we are used to as fans I can see the benefit of a tank on a, and a playoff push however with Bulls it's always in the middle never quite getting over the hump one way or the other this team is Malcolm <laughs> Malcolm in the middle <laughs> yeah for anyone who misses that one um, Aussie Stewart shout out again you know likes to comment on these Um mm. Adding Pat Bev seems to have had the desired effect so far, albeit only one game sample. I do not trust our lottery luck. Even if we tanked hard, I still like. I still feel like we'll get five to six, uh, five to seven, probably seven. So they have to go for it now, even if it probably isn't the smart move. Um, Midnight Walker shared a, a gif, uh, basically saying, "You play to win the game." Uh, shout out Troy holding them to their own expectations playoffs simple as that yeah um, Nicky Rollins the one who's on them all the time mm-hmm. we've got to go for it I think we'll make it but not so certain about championship I still love our guys though they got to give it they've got to give it every game every play every time see red Um Geordie Bulls, keeping the positivity going, a playoff spot is doable. And last one, um, I don't know, so I've got one more. Easy, my guy. If we win this game, let's try hard. Let's try hard at this playoff push. If we lose, let it go and hope for that 42% top four. And um, Mark Miller. Don't teach bad habits. Uh, losing. Never should you tank. I'm paying to watch you compete, not to tank. Fair. So, yeah. Um, I say I think a lot are quite similar in the way of thinking. Yeah. Uh, obviously, sort of that. Uh, Danny started it with you always need to push. I still believe, and that's kind of what my thinking is. You don't go out there to lose. You know. Right. You go out there with a losing mentality and the, the thought of losing, it breeds. You know, it, it becomes does. Habit. It does, and it can. Um, I agree, and I am going to play devil's advocate for a second. <clears throat> Just mediocrity was the fear, right? Yeah. Me- mediocrity was the fear. And, and I think because of that, a lot of people could see the benefits in going the other way. Yeah. Particularly with the Orlando situation with our pick and with the, the was potentially uh, franchise changing players that are available in the upper end of this draft. Yeah. And I think, I think that is what allowed the tank mode thing to seep in. <clears throat> Now, it's amazing how it can quickly flip, especially in Bulls Nation, the way people think can change overnight, you know, on the back of a single game sometimes, as is the case with this poll, because, uh, you know, I know we've seen two games since, but this was based off of the first game. And I do think that now, looking at it, tanking is no longer an option. It's not what the front office are going for. It's not what Billy's going for. It's not what the players are going for. And it's not what the franchise are going for. They're obviously pushing for a play-in, playoff spot. All of a sudden, that now looks attainable. Whereas a week ago, it looked completely out of the realm of possibility. It looked like they were going to try, full flat on their face, and end up slap bang in the middle, just like Gary said, Malcolm. <laughs> yeah. Now that 
it looks like we have got this resurgence in the team, this sudden belief that's come off the back of the Pat Bev effect. We've got to go for it. We yeah. just have to go for it now. Forget tanking, forget mediocrity, get as high up that table as you possibly can, as high in the standings as you possibly can. I'm not saying that all of a sudden now we're contenders. We're not, but we can set the foundation for the coming years to become contenders off the back of these last 20-odd games. Yeah, and I mean, how I look at it is if we get that, even just that seventh spot, it's kind of where everybody expected us to be. Well, yeah. Which yeah. isn't necessarily a good thing because it shows that AK's continuity and what he's said all along is, yeah, you know, so does anything change again next year? But my thinking is, if you went down the tank route, let's say losing, you know, becomes a habit. And... We've got the, you know, fair play to AK. They've turned the the franchise around to be a destination again where people want to be. Definitely. If you end up trying to tank, not ending up with your own top four pick and then giving the fifth pick to Magic, where does that leave you next year? Do you know what I mean? You've got no draft pick. You know, you're back where you were at the start of all of this, sort of languishing around sort of 11th, 12th in the East. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to want to come. And more importantly, nobody's going to want to stay. Right. You know, Zach's not going to want to hang around because he wants to go play winning basketball. Demar's probably thinking, well, you know, my window's closing. Mm -hmm. So if a contender comes in for him, he'll want to go. You know, so you've got, uh, you know, like I say, we're not saying they're going to push. And even if they make the playoffs, whether it's through the play-in or legit playoffs, they're not going to do very well. But at least we're there. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's what you've got to push for. That's what you've got to aim for with it. Well, see, one of the big things that we were so happy about when, when, AK came in was he made us relevant again yeah and if we really drop back out right and if we drop back out of the playoff picture so quickly does that mean that we are accepting that we're really ready to relinquish that relevancy already yeah exactly do you know and, and, and that's not very attractive as you say for other players no, I mean, you know, every time a big a big name is sort of linked with wanting to leave or putting in a trade request, i.e. KD, Bulls mm-hmm. fans go crazy. And yeah. it's like, if you're happy that you want this team to tank, we're not ever going to sign somebody like KD. <laughs> not that I'd personally want him anyway, but anyway, you know... It, that's how I look at it. So you you got to keep yourself relevant, and the only way to do it is playing winning basketball, or at least trying to play winning basketball. Yeah, you know, at least if people see that you you're losing close games, not getting blown out, not blowing twenty point leads, not you know, <laughs> then they're going to look at it and go, "I think I could help that team." Right, I can help them get over the hump. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if you're constantly blowing 20-point leads, you're, you know, you're languishing down in 11th, 12th, whatever, then they're going to go, I can't help that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my take on it, I guess. <laughs> um, and just to finish off, obviously, as we mentioned, we've got a game tonight. And yep. the game tomorrow night. <sighs> Deep joy. Hit <laughs> back to back. back, to back. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, this week we have actually got four games. Um, 
Suns on Friday, I think it is, and then Pacers on Sunday. But the first two games, we've got Raptors up tonight and then Pistons up tomorrow. And we'll have a quick look at them too, because no doubt they'll be, we'll record on Thursday and we'll go over these two games. Yeah. But yeah, Raptors up tonight. Uh, currently ninth in the East. We are a game and a half behind them. Their record is 30-32. Uh, they lost the last game 118-93 to Cavs. Uh, their home record, because obviously it is at Scotiabank, is 19-13. Played them twice already this year. Um, split them. Uh, we beat them 111-97. And they beat us 113-104. And I think I've mentioned before, I hate playing Raptors. Mm-hmm. It's just too long. Yeah, I don't hate Raptors as a team. I, I quite like them as a team. I just hate playing them because you just don't know what to expect from them. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes we match up well with them and then the next game we don't. <laughs> it's just, don't know what it is. Um I think they're near enough healthy. I think Otto Porter Jr. is the only one who's out. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, where are you at with that one? Well, I mean, when we talked the other day, we kind of went over the, the four games that were due. Um, I said we'd split them 50-50, and I said we'd take the first two games, therefore saying that we would then lose the next two games. But I don't know. Now, having seen the way we've played and, you know, this Pat Bev effect, it, it's it's hard to say now that we're going to lose the next two games. I'm going to say... Oh, man, I, it's hard not to be confident right now. I'm going to say we win it. And I, I, I didn't expect to say that. But I think we're going to win tonight. And I think we'll win against the Pistons as well. I think we're going to go on a f- our first four-game win streak. Yeah, well, that... See, I've put in the group, um, I think we lose this one. Have you? Be... Yeah, I think it's going to be close, but I think we lose it. I'm just still not kind of confident with them. I'm still, you know, them two games, yeah, they were fun to watch, especially the next one. It's not been enough to get me back on that ledge yet. Um, I know, like I say, I just hate playing Raptors. The fact that it's up there as well, and yeah, I, I just I can't see us taking it. Um, okay. Well, I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you. Hopefully on Thursday, and you. Say, yeah, well, you. Okay. you tend to get them right, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like it when bulls prove me wrong, so that's right. why. I, <laughs> um, and then obviously tomorrow night we've got Pistons in Detroit, mm-hmm. and they're the worst team in the East at the minute, with a record of fifteen and forty-seven. Um, home record is eight and twenty-two. A uh, quick look at the injuries as well. There's, you know, a lot of players, game time decision, including Jaden Ivey and Isaiah Stewart. And yeah, uh, played them twice this year already and won them both, obviously. Um, once in Chicago, which we won uh, 132-118. And then Paris, and don't know if anyone knows, but we were there. <laughs> Lex, um, <laughs> which we won 126-108. Um, yeah. <laughs> it looks like a game we should win. <laughs> which is always dangerous, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, even on the second of a back-to-back, you, you want to think that we've got too much for them. Yeah. Yeah, you would hope so. So uh, I'm saying we split these games. Lose to Raps, beat Pistons. Okay, which which is probably where my head would have been, um, sitting down and talking about it. Had we not won the last two games, 
in the fashion we had. Yeah. But um, no, I'm I'm feeling the warm and fuzzies, and I'm going for a four game win streak. First of the year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I've got nothing else. Don't know if you have. Not a thing. Obviously, I'll get on with editing this and try and get a little bit of sleep before the game. <laughs> um, yeah, if uh, you're still with us, thanks for listening. Appreciate it as usual. Um, and as usual, I've been Matt. You can find me on Twitter at MattCRedUK and you can find us on all the socials at CRedUK. And I've been Neil. You can find me on Twitter at NeilCRedUK. We appreciate you choosing to hang out with us here at the C-Red UK podcast, as always, where it's a Chicago Bulls thing. Uh, If you wish, do please subscribe, rate and review us. And until next time, wherever you are in the world, C-Red, go Bulls.